Welcome to Advancing All Women with Sarah Alter, President and CEO of Network of Executive Women. On this show, you'll hear top executives and experts talk the most pressing topics for women in the workplace. From advancing women of color, to developing and engaging male allies, to how to navigate the new workplace post-COVID-19. Sarah will cover it all as she and her guests dig into these key issues. Now, here's your host, Sarah Alter. So every week, I Google away to prepare for each of our radio shows and podcasts. And it's amazing, you know, how much information you can access on any given topic. So this week, I Googled parenting horror stories during the pandemic. And I found the best article in the New York Times, and it's named, I've Given Up on Parenting and Quarantine, Story of My Life. And I loved this title, but I particularly want to share these quotes. First quote, our goal is to survive, no divorce, no getting fired, and no children running away from home. And if we can do that, success. Next quote, from the time I wake up until the time I go to sleep, that child is with me. I have a near constant shadow. Next quote, I blink and it's time to feed them all again. And frankly, my wife and I were spiraling. Next quote, my wife and I have lost our tempers more in the last month than we have in the last seven years of our marriage. Next quote, and this one really touched me. I've cried more in front of my boys than my father ever did in front of me. Next quote, I tell everyone I have two jobs, working and teaching my kids school. Next quote, we have completely lowered our parenting expectations in every way. And then the last one to wrap it up, my husband and I take turns losing our minds. Okay, you get the gist here. <laughs> Navigating parenting during the past year and a half was, was very, very challenging. And prior to that, I, I feel like most of the time, most of us were able to keep those two worlds separate, right? Work, you know, home and family. But then during pandemic, it all collided under our roof at home. But what I think is going to be even more challenging, and quite frankly, it already is, is this next pivot now in our lives and our jobs. And it's that pivot to the hybrid world where we're juggling back and forth while the uncertainty continues to mount. But as parents and adults, it's our responsibility to be guiding our family and our homes through that journey. So fear not, today we're going to guide you in how to navigate this next transition as working parents to the hybrid world. I'm Sarah Alter, CEO and President of the Network of Executive Women and your host of our radio show and podcast, Advancing All Women. And I am joined by an incredible lineup of guests. We've got Kristen Harris, Vice President, Diversity and Inclusion at Hallmark, Carlo Coppola, Chief Commercial Officer, U.S., at Beam Centauri, and Cara Pollard, CEO and founder of Cara Pollard Coaching. So welcome, everybody. Thank you for having us, Sarah. Oh, of Thank course. You. 
Um, all righty. So, Kari, kick us off. Um, tell us about your personal and professional journey. And, you know, what? why are you here in this discussion? Why is this topic important to you? Well, I think some of the quotes you just read are some of the main reasons that I'm here um, in this job that I do, which is coaching parents. And I really partner with corporations in order to help them with their parent employees. Uh, I was doing this before the pandemic. So I thought that um, the things that I was noticing all around me, whether personally or professionally, was this um, deep, deep feeling of being a failure, being a failure as a parent. um, And you bring that feeling of guilt and shame and failing to your job at work. And we really tried to separate those two, which physically they were separated before the pandemic, Mm -hmm. obviously, but the person wasn't. There's a whole person, a whole being as a parent. And particularly for women um, before the pandemic, they were doing eight hours of work at work and then six hours of work at home. So imagine um, how that's unsustainable. I just heard a a statistic that if you're a new parent and you're breastfeeding, breastfeeding takes on average 36 hours per week. So if you go back to work and you're breastfeeding, you're working 40 hours and breastfeeding for 36. So in my opinion, when the pandemic hit, what cracked open was the unsustainability of this because you added the third layer, which was teaching or, you know, having your kids at home all day and the cookie just crumbled, right? Nobody could sustain it. We had 4.5 million women who left or had to change some aspect of their job. We had 2.3 cases of burnout. That New York Times article you just read were some of the you know, quotes that I was hearing, including, as you guys all might know, that they had a hotline where women would call in and scream, primal screams, um, just because they were losing their mind. So um, I felt like this was something, the guilt, the shame, the lack of success that needed to be addressed before the pandemic. And certainly now in glaring lights, we need to support working parents so that they can be a whole person. So I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. I I noticed that you just said it was the moms (laughs) calling in. Okay, let's talk to a dad. Carlo, <laughs> did you call into that hotline? <laughs> I I, I definitely did. You're like, if, I, if I'd had the number, I would have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, again, Sarah, thank you for uh, inviting of course. me. Dude, it's, it's so great to be here with both Chris and, and, and Cara. Um, you know, I'd, I'd say supporting parents and, and managing both work and child care is very important to me, right? Both on a, on a personal standpoint as well as on a professional one. On a personal standpoint, my wife, Amanda, and I have four children. Um, so we, we had to face uh, many of those new parenting and, and work challenges like so many during the onset of COVID and even still today, right? Like we continue right. to adapt. Um, and it, and it, on a professional standpoint, at Beam Centuria, I had the privilege of managing a, a pretty large team. Um, and I was, I was concerned um, for them for, for all the reasons that Tara just mentioned. <laughs> And I know even today they continue to juggle a ton. Yeah. So I was really excited to, to discuss the opportunity and the topic today. Um, you know, we, we want to make sure that we have both a healthy uh, workplace um, and obviously a, a healthy home life. 
Um, and we want our we want our families to be healthy, you know, healthy and happy. Um, so how we manage through this time is is critical. Um, and absolutely, I mean, kind of getting into this whole tug of war thing, right? Like when you're at work, you're worried that maybe you're putting too much at work and you're forgetting about your family. And then with your family, like, oh, I'm, I hope I'm not letting down my my team and supporting them enough, and as well as staying on top of the business. So. Like like Kara was highlighting, you almost felt like you couldn't get away and you can't get away and in these days yeah. are extremely long. So overall, again, really excited to be here, um, to listen, to learn and, and, and mm-hmm. to share. So thank you, Sarah. No, absolutely. All right, um, Kristen. Let's hear yes. from a mother. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you as well for, for, for being here. And as um, Carlo was mentioning, I'm here to also listen and learn. So hopefully, you know, we, uh, through this conversation, we'll, we'll be sharing some things that, um, that all of the, the listeners will find is valuable. But I am also here as a listener to absorb as much um, as I possibly can, because I, I don't get it right every day. Um, so within my professional life, I lead diversity and inclusion for Hallmark Enterprise, um, which includes Hallmark Cards, which everyone is probably familiar with, um, Crown Media, <laughs> Crown Media, which is um, our, our, our media arm, which includes the Hallmark Channel and Crayola. Um, and I lead these organizations in a newly created role that it was designed to really elevate and bring a new framework and a new strategy to diversity and inclusion. And so um, essentially I'm responsible for evolving our um, and, and, and approach to DNI in a way that's meaningful and authentic to, to our brands, our consumers, and our employees, um, of which I am a consumer and an employee. Um, in addition to that, big full-time job. I'm also a wife and a mom um, of two kids, school-aged, uh, which, which as you were sharing about um, some of those quotes and stories, I was like, my goodness, was somebody here in, in our house? <laughs> uh, I've said many of those things. Yeah. And, and then we also joined the Pandemic Puppy Club last year. So why not add more fun to um, the, the, the things that you are juggling? Um, you know, this concept of uh, the podcast advancing all women and in particular particularly today's topic on parenting is very important to me because I am a woman and I know the challenges of trying to have it all um, and having to prioritize and balance you know work and home and and then whatever is left and usually it's not very much um, is is what's for our personal passion and, and our well-being. Um, and I'm just fortunate that that last year, um, you know, my increased desire to focus on family, which was a result of, you know, having so much time together, um, but then also community activism um, as a result of what was happening nationally, it opened up this door for um, a career, a career track that I didn't anticipate, but it's actually been um, a wonderful blend of me being able to incorporate, um, you know, what is important to me and my passion and and my purpose. So um, what I will share is that, you know, that didn't come without some difficult personal reflection. Um, And and for many women, it is hard sometimes to to really think about how to put yourself first, but while you're always trying to put everyone else first. Right. Um, and yeah. so I, I'm hopeful that, you know, that, that through this conversation um, and through the work that um, that the new organization is continuing to do, that we're helping women and working parents um, who, who are trying to navigate that. And, and this, 
what is another challenging school year um, in the midst of, of the dynamics that are shifting as a result of this pandemic. So, so, so I have to ask you in, in, in teaching, what, which two grades did you relearn? <laughs> this past year. Yes. So, so right. In addition to both full-time jobs, I also became a full-time grade school and middle school teacher, um, first grade and um, in eighth grade, um, in addition to being a full-time cafeteria worker, a full-time PE teacher, um, art teacher, all of the things. No, it's, it's um, my husband and I always joke that, you know, we cap out at about eighth grade, like we cannot tutor above eighth grade. So our high schoolers and our college students are, you know, they're out of luck. They got to go find a tutor. And, and it was um, our chief of staff, Erica, she and I would constantly be on the phone or on Zoom and she was teaching first grade. And so I, I got to learn first grade Spanish this year through Erica and her son. Um, okay, so let's be transparent. We're going to unpack it, the good, the bad, the ugly. You know, what were the trials and tribulations you had in your family and house? And then maybe, you know, what were some of the successes? So, Car- Carlo, let's go with you because um, you had shared your, your wife has a medical career Yep. So that, I imagine, was incredibly demanding. You know, you have an executive level role in your organization and four children. So good, bad, and ugly, what unfolded in the Coppola household? Yeah, it was it was a hectic one. Like, <laughs> like, like Kristen, you know, we, we have four uh, school-age children as well. So um, all the way from freshman now in high school, and then our, our, our youngest just went into kindergarten. Um, so rewind about a year and everyone is running around the house in the Coppola household. It, w- it was hectic to say the least. Um, you know, the, the biggest challenge really was like to keep everyone focused on their work and then finding fun things to do. Right. right. So for, for their schoolwork, it, it, it seemed odd to me that they would be done at like noon or one, right? Like everything was crammed in and then you kind of had to fill out like what the rest are Huge. I see Kristen shaking her head. Yes. Yeah. So there's, you know, there's that part about, okay, here's some of the parameters. You've got to make sure you do your homework right away and just keep them focused. But the other piece that like it, I, I felt was kind of heavy on, on us as parents is they're missing out on so much, right? Like they're missing out on their mm-hmm. sports. They're missing out on seeing their friends. They're missing out on just, just having fun. Right. And like being a yeah. kid. Um, so what we did in our household is try to try to make up fun, so to speak. Uh, two two examples I'll share. One of them, and this is credit to my oldest, Ana Rosa. You know, often on, on on vacations, we like try to find one of these escape rooms. Like the family loves to do them, right? Like you're you're put into Ooh. a room. You have so much time to try to get out, and like you have to figure out the mystery and the questions or whatever. Well, she she brought up the idea to actually create one of those in our basement. Um, and Ooh, it, very it, creative. Yeah, it, it 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 was an absolute blast, and there were prizes and all this stuff. So, and we did it more than once, right? So again, we 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 found creative ways to keep having fun while you know the world was in a very uncertain and kind of un, unhappy time. Let's say um, the other thing we did, which I don't know that I would advise everyone else to do this, but we started cooking together as a family, like on a Friday or Saturday night. I love that. So, um, which again, full of laughs and like great, great pictures, you know, we will look back for many years, but I will tell you the whole saying of like too many cooks in the kitchen, 
it, yeah. it, it applies. The meals, <laughs> the meals weren't exactly the best we had. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, for us, it, it really was about making sure that they had some kind of structure, got their schoolwork done, and then like filling the gap on all this extra time. So, yeah, we came up some with some pretty creative ways to keep the family happy. Um, and I would also say it's probably a little bit of the silver lining in all this is yeah. we did come closer as a, as a family unit over, over the time period, um, I, which I, you know, I agree. I definitely appreciate that part of it. it so, so Cara, your, your kids are a little bit older. And mm-hmm. so it's, 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 it was interesting. It was very clear. Like I, I, I just had the utmost of empathy and respect for the moms and dads who have younger kids, you know, yeah. my kids were, you know, high school, college, out of college. And, you know, if we saw them before three o'clock, you know, it was a good day, right? <laughs> they, you know, you, you read all these, you know, there was, a, I remember there was the Wall Street Journal article that like, my kids have become raccoons, you know, like you come down, the kitchen's trashed, you know, in yes. the middle of the night. It, it, I imagine it was probably more as, as it was with me, we redefined our relationship with our older kids. Is that what you experienced as well? Yeah, I mean, I felt a lot of guilt because, you know, as I mentioned, that's how we think a lot. I, I um, found it to be joyful, right? My son, you know, and my daughter both were seniors. It was very difficult on them. I had a senior in high school, a senior in college. But them being here and getting, I felt like they were stolen moments, games of Catan, exercising together inside, walks outside. Um, so I, I felt very guilty for people like Carlo and Kristen who had to add teaching because like you said, Sarah, I mean, they were at levels that, you know, were way beyond my intellect. Me so <laughs> they were finishing college senior year and had finance classes or senior year of high school. Um, but they felt like they were missing out a lot. I guess yeah. the struggle was my, my son went to the University of Miami and I whisked him home right at the beginning of the pandemic. And so each week or almost daily, um, when he became emotional about what he was missing out on, he would say to my husband and I, you know, it's $19 to go back to Miami and I'm leaving tomorrow. And, oh, you know, absolutely. We, I heard yeah. that too. Yeah. I'm out right. of here. Okay. I'm right. out of here, mom. I'm out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and we just, I mean, at some point we just laughed and laughed and laughed and he would get, you know, angrier and angrier, but then he would join us because we were like, you're not going back. You know, Florida's terrible. The numbers are terrible. How are you going to come back and live with us? So, I mean, eventually he made it down and he did a master's program. We actually got to go down and um, go through a graduation ceremony, which was again, a very big blessing, but it was hard to maintain that you know, I, I knew because I've been coached now not to join him in the emotional tantruming state that he was Absolutely. in, you know, and we just said, okay, okay, okay. And, you know, he never did buy that ticket and, and get down there during the, the middle of the, <laughs> the stay at home order. No. And, 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 and that I'll tell you that, that, that was an epiphany for my husband and I, what you just shared that, you know, when your child is in that emotional state, the last thing you should do is join them, right? right? You need to be that force, that center of calm that, you know, hey, you know what? When you're ready to talk calmly, 
we'll talk. I'm going to walk away. Come find me. Right. And it like, Lord knows that that is not always easy. Um, Kristen, how about you? What, what unfolded in the Harris household? Oh my gosh. So many things. Um, (laughs) First, I want to just um, acknowledge, uh, Cara, you are absolutely correct. We all were experiencing different things depending upon, you know, what your intersectionality was of all the things that were kind of crashing together. It was just a different experience, but challenges, you know, alike in terms of, of, of having to figure out how to support, um, you know, those that we were, were taking care of, those that were home full time that we that didn't used to be home full time. Um, and now I'm just wishing that that I had you and Carlo in my network so that we could have been supporting each other. Because no. um, I also have a pro tip for you, Carlo. We also love, um, the Harris family loves to do escape rooms. And although I quit counting screen time, I had to just get off of that high horse. I know. Um, I know. Instead Succumb. YouTube, what we have started doing is there are a lot of apps that are escape room type activities. And so I feel much better about my kids, you know, doing screen time if they're doing those types of things versus just watching. So just wanted to share that parenting tip for you. So, noted, noted. <laughs> so, so I, I saw I saw Carla writing something write down. down. <laughs> and, and, and and quite frankly, Cara, we all agreed earlier. We're like, when we shift to the second half and you start giving the advice, we three are all going to be scribbling your advice down. So be forewarned. But Kristen, please keep sharing. Yeah, I alluded to this before, but but, but since I'm amongst you know my closest you know several thousand friends, um, <laughs> I, I will I'll share um, you know this this story with you. So my background is in engineering, um, and I was on oh. an upward uh, career trajectory in operations um, at Hallmark that involved a lot of travel. Uh, And it was exhausting at times, but I loved my job and I loved the impact that that I was making. And when the pandemic hit, uh, I, as well as millions of other business travelers, was grounded um, and was also suddenly kind of thrust into this other role, like we were talking about, of of having all the hats that I was wearing. Um, And and I was fortunate enough to have, you know, a spouse and partner who um, who's whose job wasn't impacted by the pandemic, but he also um, was working for and is working for a pharmaceutical company. So he was in the office every day. So I was the only one home managing all of the other things that were happening. Um, And in one day I was in the middle of um, presenting virtually on an important customer call. Some of you may know them as the largest retailer in the world, based out of Bentonville, Arkansas. Um, but as I was presenting, <laughs> as I was presenting to um, this important customer, uh, I heard a loud crash, like the loudest crash. I'd, like it shook the house, and um, it was followed by, like immediately followed by screaming. And in that instant. I had to make a decision on whether or not to excuse myself and run instinctively right to my son um, or stay on the call to finish that pitch and and kind of maintain this level of professionalism that that I over the course of my career, you know, had had developed. Um, And it was just a revelation to me because I realized in that moment that I couldn't actively play both roles, Hmm. not in the ways that I used to and not in the ways that look like success to me. Um, 
Little did I know, though, that um, after some hard decision making um, and reflection and in prayer and talking Absolutely. with you know, my family, um, I made a decision to resign and and Hallmark wouldn't accept that resignation. Um, and actually, you know, through several conversations, invited me to design what has now turned into the best role I never thought I wanted. Mm-hmm. which is the role I'm in now. Um, and, and I've, you know, throughout my career, as many of you maybe have, you know, done various committee assignments, projects, you, you know, side gigs at work that kind of involve, you know, employee experience or diversity and inclusion and things like that. But, but really, you know, as this, in this new vice president role that I'm in, and now that I have the, the power and influence to to build upon the long history of um, that our brand has, and as it relates to DNI, but but ensuring that I'm elevating those efforts and truly driving change for our customers and for our employees, it, it is just like the perfect blend. And now I don't have to choose, right? Um, I'm so fortunate to to have a, a CEO that um, I have a relationship with where we can talk about work, but then sometimes not work, and that the the trust that we have allows for us to really um, to, to bridge this this gap to get to where um, we ultimately see our our brand and and it just it it fills me up in ways that I didn't anticipate. So um, you know I'm going to admit that I still have to work at maintaining the right balance and and I have to set priorities. So if we're talking about kind of like you know, the, the successes I have, I set priorities. Um, I'm really transparent about what those priorities are so that I can make sure that it's aligned to the rest of my team, our leadership team. Um, and then I started delegating, which is hard to do <laughs> for some people. Absolutely. Me, I'm those people. <laughs> I'm those people. You're um, not alone. <laughs> I'm all those people. And then, and then lastly, I'll just tell you, I also started saying no, um, yeah. Well, maybe not know uh, how I say it is, uh, which is which is kind of funny, but it is how I do it. I'll say, I just don't think that's a part of my journey today. <laughs> but, but really, you sometimes have to just say, I can't I can't get to that. So okay, we're all going to borrow that. I like <laughs> that. I absolutely like that. Um, and I think to thank you for sharing that story, Kristen, because it 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 is is yet another example of the many of us who, you know, we use this time to reset expectations, right? To reprioritize. And 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 that, you know, it ended up being a silver lining as well. Like you said, Cara, and I know that's such a cliche, you know, hybrid, pivot, silver lining, you know, the three <laughs> cliche words. But um but I, I would say I, I redefined my relationships with my children and it was a blessing like you said, Cara, to have that time with them because I probably wouldn't have had it. You know, my, my kids are supposed to be all over the world mm-hmm. and then they ended up not being able to travel. Um, we have to take a quick commercial break here, um, but don't leave us audience, you know, for everybody who's listening in so far, thank you so very much for joining us on our Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. Um, You can always check us out at newonline.org for more information on new and all of our podcasts, but hang in there because in our second set, we're going to give you all those best practices and tips. So hang in there and join us in a couple of minutes.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Network of Executive Women is a nonprofit dedicated to advancing all women and transforming our workplaces through the power of community. We are a growing community of more than 13,500 professional women and men, representing nearly 900 organizations across North America. We are a strong, collective voice for everyone in the corporate world who wants to see gender equality become a reality, and we welcome all who champion our cause. Members of NEW gain access to a broad network of like-minded professionals dedicated to women's equity and leadership development. Corporate organizations also gain access to DEI Solutions, which fosters a more inclusive and productive work culture. Plus, members can engage across NEW's 22 regional communities and attend two annual national conferences, which bring together the strongest minds in DEI and leadership. Join Network of Executive Women today. Visit newonline.org slash membership to learn more about becoming a member of NEW. That's newonline.org slash membership. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. There are lots of unanswered questions about life's problems, and this is especially true about spiritual life. Why can't we see God? Why is there evil in this world? Why does God let bad things happen to us and to others? Can we get divine help? Join Carl Mollison and co-host Brian Kelly for Get Wisdom. They have new answers from the Almighty you need to hear. And listening could definitely change your life. Tune in every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Want to learn more about the show and about Network of Executive Women? Visit our website today at newonline.org. That's newonline.org. Now, back to Advancing All Women. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Sarah Alter and the Advancing All Women radio show and podcast. I am joined today by Kristen Harris, Vice President, Diversity and Inclusion at Hallmark, Carlo Coppola, Chief Commercial Officer for the U.S. at Beam Centauri, and Cara Pollard, CEO and founder of Cara Pollard Coaching. And today, we are all discussing how to master your parenting 
in this time of navigating the hybrid workplace. So now we're going to lean into, okay, let's start sharing, you know, best practices, great things that are being done at Hallmark and Beam Centauri. And then, Okara, we are going to tap into your wealth (laughs) of of wisdom (laughs) and rich advice. But um, let's talk more. So let's focus so on, on working parents, like advice and guidance for working parents. So Cara, what are a quick couple of tips that you can share? Well, I think um, Kristen's story uh, about what just happened with her at work is um, such a wonderful example of what I think working parents need to do. First of all, it's kind of getting clear about what you want and what you don't want, which is so difficult during a time of stress. So when you're stressed and when you're going through a transition like we've all just been going through, it's kind of the hardest time to figure out what it is you want, right? Because you're you're running on empty fuel. You're running on adrenaline oftentimes. So it's really slowing down and being self-aware and noticing what you want because you can't ask for what you want. You can't ask for help unless you know what you want and putting boundaries around that, which um, Kristen said that, that she actually did. She learned how to say no. It's, it's um, very difficult to do that. Um, So I think that that's one, one of the first things. And when you, when you're going through a transition, I guess that you need to seek guidance, like Kristen said she did, with family, through prayer, maybe even getting a coach to help you, um, being very transparent with your boss. It doesn't mean that the answer is going to be yes, but if you can articulate what it is you want and what you desire, even if the answer is no, the fact that you were heard is very helpful right? Even with our kids, that's that's true for people. Once you're validated, once you're seen and heard, it's what we all want at the basis of, of our life. So, um, I think that's just, you know, the number one step. Then in the home, as a woman, you also have to get clear about what you want and take off that hat of, I, I can do it all. I need to do it all. I should be doing more. All of those things are not incentivizing. So when I'm coaching a parent, the first thing I ask them is, can you tell me some of your strengths as a parent? Can you, at the end of the day, instead of saying all the what you should have done, can you acknowledge what you did do and what was a parenting win? And it's so sad. um, And I know I was there too, but so many of the parents that I ask What's one of your parenting strengths? They, I don't know, answer about something about their child, about something about their spouse, about something mechanistic that they did, as opposed to something really clear about what it is that makes them a good mother. And so it makes me feel sad for how downtrodden and beaten down they are and how overwhelmed they are and how burdened they are that they can't even answer what a parenting strength is. And, and fathers, too. Right, like yeah, same I, for on that, on, on that point, sir. If if I can just jump in, so as a please do as a husband, Cara, right? At, you know, mm-hmm. as you went through that, like, what are what would be a good tip for you know the husbands are listening as far as supporting accordingly in, in that kind of stressful environment, right? Is it is it as simple as just asking the questions, or is it a different way to go about it? 
Um, so what a great question. And thank you for asking that. And it just shows me what a wonderful husband that you are and partner, Carlo. Um, it still is so societal that women are the better nurturers, the better mother. Um, and then women who are stressed, when they ask you to do something and you don't do it right, they lash out. Then they feel guilty that they lashed out at you. They just do it themselves. So I think it's really getting clear. Um, and Eve Rodsky does a lot of work around Fair Play is her book about how to have gender equity in the home. And um, some of her language is having a minimum standard of care. So if you and your wife can agree, you know, not only, hey, how can I help you? But what is the minimum standard of care that this looks like? In other words, if you want me to help getting the children dressed in the morning, she just might say that. But what is the minimum standard of care that that looks like? Maybe they can't wear a pajama top to school. Maybe they, you want them to even get dressed. <laughs> clothes, Maybe. clothes would be nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and shoes, you know, I don't know, yeah. a couple of times um, my husband got in the car, my daughter didn't have her shoes on and, you know, he had a driver all the way to downtown Chicago and he let her out and let school deal with it. Um, <laughs> okay, that's, and, a, that's a minimum standard. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Right. yeah. We had a couple of costume days and I was thinking like, oh my goodness, you know, like you could have done better, but but there were probably shoes <laughs> on each of those days. So, oh, oh, right. That you, that you allowed your kids to wear costumes to school? Yeah, there's just some but, things we're not going to fight about when we're trying right. to get out. Amen. I know. <laughs> right. I love that. And as a woman, we have to kind of relinquish, right? Relinquish this perfectionism. My child got through the school day by borrowing a pair of shoes. Big deal. And so if my <laughs> husband, and by the way, um, this was after I've been coached as a parent on some of these things, because pre-coached Kara would have screamed at my husband. And you know what he would have just said? Fine, then I'm never driving them to school again. I can't do anything right. 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 And so it's it's really shifting some of these standards, some of these norms. But Carlo, I really appreciate um, your question. It's also, I think, you know, this is one of my examples of my husband and me unloading the dishwasher. If he unloads the dishwasher, he will do it from A to Z. It will take him five minutes and he will not get distracted. I, however, am the, you know, she fault parent, as Eve Rodsky calls it. So if I'm unloading the dishwasher, especially when my kids were young, but even now, I will get asked a million questions during that time and will get distracted. So I think and that's not my fault and it's not my husband's fault, but it's a way to rework this within the home yeah. so that I'm not the only one getting tapped, right? Um, if yeah. I'm on the phone, I've worked um, most of the time that I raise my children and my children will just interrupt me. But if my husband's on the phone, he's talking to a client and apparently that's more important than my clients. And so we have to start changing this, these small little things within the home. And so Carlo, I don't know how to, how to suggest you go about it. You might have a better suggestion um, for me. And, and so when you also, when you ask me for parenting tips, I really have to get into the nitty gritty of what goes on in your household, because I'm not going to just give a tip 
without knowing how you and your wife like to structure things, who your children are. Well, Tara, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to use that. I'm, I'm probably going to owe you one, but I, I am going to go down this road path of this minimum standard and just, just talking about it, right? I think just getting there, because if not, We've we've had plenty of interactions back and forth. Of, All right, then forget it. You know, kind of deal. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Well, it's yeah. very it's it's very much. Oh, sorry. It's very much a divide and conquer, right? Like it's you you've got to split up the tasks. Um, Kristen, you were going to say sorry. I was just going to say thank you to Cara for affirming. You know the the experiences of of many of us women and, and parents. You know as we've been kind of going through this because there is a level of guilt that that comes into play. Absolutely, you feel as though you're not. Um, you know, balancing all the things in the most perfect way that you, you know, could have been before. So acknowledging that it's okay to, to level set and it's okay to reset is so important. So thank you. Absolutely. And and I have to imagine as we are now trying to tackle this, okay, this week I'm going to be working from home all five days. Next week, I'm going to be out, you know, Tuesday and Thursday. The following week, it's going to be Wednesday and Friday. And hopefully there's like some normalcy or structure that'll happen to this hybrid schedule. But where it doesn't, it's it's just, I imagine, Car, it's just, you've, you've got a schedule, mm-hmm. right? And and divide and conquer. Like, okay, I'm in the office today, so you're home. And and Christian, it sounds like you had every day, you know, during during pandemic, just given the nature of your your two jobs and careers in your house. Um, I've I've you know had to learn how to do that with my husband as well. That it's like, okay, you're you tag, you're it today, you yes. know, tomorrow it's my turn. And it's just having that flexibility and dividing and conquering. Um how can let's shift to okay how can leaders and organizations then help working parents and and particularly in this hybrid time um you know Kristen or carlo any great examples from your companies Kristen hallmark i'm sure yeah, I give can, an example or two a best practice that we can share with others i do have a couple of examples um but i'll also say that you know we're still figuring it out as well so to your point you know we are beginning to um to to return to work, you know, and, and it's going to happen over time, I think, and it'll get, it's going from gradual to, to, to more employees being in, which is going to create this, um, you know, this hybrid of a, a few days in, a few days not. We will probably have people who are all the working days at home and some that are going to be, you know, doing something different because we've got different um, offices and manufacturing and distribution locations that have to, to work differently to support the needs of the business. Um, what I will tell you, though, is that you know, we are setting an expectation that we think about this. And of course, I'm going to put my, my DE&I hat on. Um, but, but I want for people to think about it broader than how they normally would think about diversity and inclusion, right? So this is not just um, race and ethnicity, but think about the other dimensions. Think about, you know, depending upon your age or stage of life that you're mm-hmm. in, right? Think about the, the caregiver status. So some people are not only taking care of children, but they're also taking care of elderly Absolutely. parents. 
Um, yeah. There are so many things that now um, are a part of our of our workday. And so I think it's easy for people to, to sometimes group, you know, colleagues into to, to buckets of the diversity that they think they can see um, or that they choose to disclose to you. But guess what? We're probably having visibility to much more in terms of personal lives of our employees and our teams and our leaders mm-hmm. than ever before. Right. Eight to 10 hours out of the day, you are in literally inside of my personal. <laughs> Um, life and inside of my personal workspace. And so you will see things happen. You know, you'll see kids that, mm-hmm. that, that are like, I know you're on a call, but what's most important is what we're having for lunch today. Um, the puppy's going to tell me when it's time to go out to use the, you know, to use the bathroom, whatever those things are. So I just encourage leaders and what we're doing is working really hard to make sure that um, that we're we're being and acknowledging the, the life experiences and that some, for some people, there's different challenges associated with that. Um, there's no traditional family anymore. We're all untraditional. Right. Yes. At this point. Right. And so we're asking our leaders to be cognizant of that and to be open to sharing about, you know, kind of their their personal lives and how how their man managing and navigating this to create the safe space and to create this, this open and, and authentic, um, you know, dialogue where our employees can do the same so that they can ask for what they need mm-hmm. so that they can have permission to give themselves um, a break when they, when they need a break, right? Like I, I want for, um, for everyone who's listening to know that, that it's okay for us to model that, give yourself a break and then mm-hmm. give right. your coworkers and team members an opportunity to take a break as well. It's yeah, it's um, and and I'm thinking of some of the other best practices we've heard of from other great partners, but it's having that flexibility in the schedule, right? It's um, redefining time off, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just vacation or sick; it's wellness, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, time off. I'd call it sanity, right? You know, um, and, Carol, and even, that, yeah, I'm Carlo, that, please. Yeah, on that on that wellness standpoint. I mean, at, at, at Beam Centauri, I mean, you know, we've always talked about how people are our number one priority, but I'll tell you like during COVID and even today, as we continue to adapt, this is, this is when I was probably the most proud to be part of this organization all the way to our owners back in Japan with Centauri. Um, you know, just to share with everyone that the first thing that the company did was, you know, going back to wellness was just to ensure that everyone knew we were going to support our people. Early on, there was a declaration by our CEO, made it very clear we were not going to furlough any of our employees because of this mm-hmm. pandemic. That gave everyone an opportunity almost to breathe, right? Like, okay, I'm, I know my job is safe. I'm going to find a way to contribute back. But I know my job is safe. Mm-hmm. Now, other, other more specific examples, which I'm extremely proud of, is folks realize that we're going to have a lot of people working from home. And how do we make that comfortable for them, right? So... Um, Beam Centauri offered the employees an opportunity to spend up to $150 to go make their, their home workplace a little more comfortable. And we actually did that twice during the year. And then, Kristen, to your points about like providing wellness or like uh, being able to unplug, we, we actually formalized that, right? We, we added four global company holidays on top of the already planned schedule for everyone not to be behind their computer and to get that mental health break um, on top of no meeting Fridays. So, you know, it's, it's easy for organizations to say people are important. Um, it's awesome when you actually see it put into play and yes. it, it yeah. sounds like, you know, that's what happened at Hallmark. And I'll tell you everyone, we, 
we don't only make awesome bourbon and whiskey at Beam Suntory, but uh, <laughs> we um, definitely keep our people uh, front of mind. And it was, it was just awesome to see it all come together, like the yeah. work coming to reality. Yeah. Love No Meetings Day. We, yes. we have been too at Hallmark, and and it's in, and it's important. Um, it's also important to to model um, trying to protect that time, and so um, it's also like the day that everybody knows that I can probably catch you live because you don't have a lot of meetings. But but it is important for the organization to signal, and so I'm glad to hear that um, that others are do, are doing that, and those who aren't, it's a it's a pretty welcomed um, addition to the flexibility. Mm-hmm. So we have just a couple of minutes left. Um, Cara, any other one or two pieces of advice for corporate organizations, what they should be doing, particularly, you know, as we're migrating into the hybrid? Mm -hmm. So I think that corporate America can take a real um, example from Beam Centauri and from Hallmark in what um, Kristen and Carlo have shared here today, whatever the program is. Do something, do something for your working parents, whether it's no meeting Fridays. Um, Certainly, the expectation that I have is that everybody will have a parental leave policy. And to Kristen's point that people are different. So just because you were a dad Mm -hmm. and didn't take parental leave, you should insist that all dads take parental leave. Um, it's, it's, It's helpful for gender equity. It's helpful for the child so that you're not later on having a child who doesn't have attachment. So there's there's so much um, pushback on parental leave because of the cost, but the cost is nothing. The studies have been yeah. done. The data yeah. shows that you actually, when you invest in your employees in this way, you have retention, you save money on the back end. And so stop saying that it's too costly. Uh, I partner with the company right now that offers parental leave as a health insured benefit. So it's insured. So so find a program, um, commit to it and show, put your money in your talent that are your parent employees is the easiest. Just on that, just on that note too, again, you know, something great that we've done at the company uh, recently is um, enhance the parental leave where it's now up to six months. But also what's, what's really great is the fact that we're now going to be investing into what is that um, backup plan for when people do go on parental leave. So we can really support them unplugging and having that, that time which means that we are going to be looking at agency folks to come in and support us or doing some kind of rotation internally because often companies will provide this great parental leave program, but then it's, it's, it's really stress, stressful on the organization and even on the person when they know that someone might not be helping with the work. Yes. So the next so, chapter that we finally got into was actually providing that support so people can really take the parental leave, which yeah. – um, So like the mom project is a company that could put somebody in place of that employee. Mm -hmm. Um, The the company um, Parento Leave that I partner with offers 14, at least 14 sessions of coaching that start before the person leaves, um, while they're on leave and when they come back on leave. And that's what my company does. So I, and, and I think that getting clear, you know, to Kristen's point, like when she was in that um, stressful period, she had to get real clear on what she needed. So that's what I help. And my team helps um, the person, both um, the birthing parent and the non-birthing parent who are on leave 
um, with one-on-one coaching or even group coaching. That's terrific. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great point because it's, if you don't take it, you don't see the benefit Mm -hmm. both for the individual and for the organization. But the reality is making it easy to take it. Kristen, it looks like you just had one more quick comment. I was just going to say, and, and it's easy for me to say this because it's it's kind of like who we are as a brand, but but I encourage others to, to think about, you know, this, this theme of empathy um, and really just ensuring that, you know, no matter what level you are, if you're an executive, a manager, or if you're in an entry level role, we're all facing these challenges and, and we all want the same things. We want support and we want connection, you know, to our team. And so the more that you can lean into that, um, I think the more that it becomes apparent how we can support our families with all of the things that that both um, Cara and um, and Carlo have shared. So, yes, that is so true, Kristen. Empathy, you know, is the best tool that you can use when you're stressed and when you're in a, a state of fight or flight in your low brain. In order to get back up to your reasoning center, the tool you can access is empathy, and it's habitual. You have to get in the habit of using it, but then you can get up to your. Um, prefrontal cortex where you're actually going to make rational decisions. So empathy is something that, I mean, LinkedIn has a chief empathy officer right now. And, you know, so, so a lot of people are using that. Yeah. It's important. Thank you for that point, Kristen. Absolutely. What an incredible conversation. Thank you all for joining us today. Um, Kristen, Carlo, Cara, um, thank you for sharing your stories. And, and Cara, thank you for all of your wisdom and yes. advice and guidance. Um, and I want to thank our audience for listening in today. Um, thank you for being with us. And I always want to thank Voice America for giving me and New the opportunity to share our voice and mission with all of you. So join us next week. It's going to be kind of an ongoing theme here. We're going to provide guidance and how to navigate as a fur parent (laughs) in working this hybrid world. Yeah, it's incredible. We have lined up a scientist from Nestle Purina, and then we've got a couple of fur parents joining us. So I think it's going to be an exciting show. To learn more about New and to listen to all of our podcasts, check us out at newonline.org. Huge favor, audience, before you leave us, we want to hear your thoughts on the types of topics you want to hear us cover. Reach out to us at connect at newonline.org. I'm Sarah Alter, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Advancing All Women with host Sarah Alter. Be sure to tune in again next week. Our program is live every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment or catch our replays weekly on Voice America Influencers. Until we talk again, enjoy your week.